Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hey, you guys, welcome back for another episode. I'm super excited to kind of dive into today's topic. It's going to be a good one. It's a question that I get all the time. But before I dive into that, I just want to say it's been so cool to see you guys saying that you like look forward to uh, our podcast on Wednesday because, you know, you go for your walk, you listen to your podcast. And I just think that's so funny because I love doing that with my favorite podcast. I, I look forward to my walks on the days where I know my favorite podcasts come out. So that just meant a lot to me when I saw that so many of you guys were sharing that. And I love that you guys are getting out and getting your movement in. And I really, truly think that listening to a podcast, getting in some good information, getting in a walk, getting outside are some of the best things that we can do. It's a meditative thing, you know, cause you're calm, relaxed, you're taking in all this valuable information, you're getting movement. It's it's one of my favorite things. So it was just really cool for me to see that that's what you guys are doing as well. So that was, that was very cool. But, um, without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm going to be talking about, like I said, a common question that I get a lot. I've gotten a lot for a long time when, especially when I was helping people with, you know, like fitness transformations and stuff. And now that I've kind of delved into the, this clinician world, I'm still getting this question a lot, especially with my remote consults and and in-person consults. So the question, you know, that commonly comes up is what should I eat? And that's a really, really broad question. So I'm going to kind of dive into what we should be looking for, how we need to stop overcomplicating it, but also kind of then we can dive a little deeper and I'll share a little bit about how you know if a food is agreeing with you or not, or how you can tell through certain things if if a a food is serving you or not. So we'll kind of break it down really, really simply kind of really taking the guesswork out of it because there's so much marketing that goes into food. So I want to take as much thought away from, is this healthy? Is this not healthy? And then we can kind of dive into helping you make it a little bit more personal. And then if you need a little bit of extra help, obviously, you know, that that's what I'm here for. Um, my schedule is is kind of packed for the month of October. So for if you are looking to get in book and consult with me, I would definitely do so sooner rather than later because it's booking up quick, especially with taking time off for the wedding and stuff. So with that being said, let's kind of get into, okay, what should you eat? So one, I think that we overcomplicate this a lot. The health food industry is, there's a lot of greenwashing. There's a lot of things that companies can say on their labels that really, it's, a, it's there's so many different phrase phrases and keywords and things like natural and non-GMO and, you know, organic. And just because they say those things does not necessarily mean they're healthy. Anything with an organic label is obviously going to be better than one without because pesticides are not good for your body. They destroy your gut. They accumulate in fat tissue. They're not good, but there's so many labels out there and you even see them on meats and stuff like antibiotic free and natural and all this kind of stuff. And what does that, what does that even mean? So there's, I think that we need to get away from, we need to get away from these marketing things as much as we possibly can. And when it comes to eating real food, 
that's exactly it is we need to eat real food. So look at the food that you're eating and ask yourself, is this food how is this food in its most natural state? If it's a vegetable, is it, does it look like a vegetable or has it been made into like a vegetable cracker? Or I don't even know what they have now in these package sections, but if you're getting anything out of a package section or the middle aisle of the grocery store, that's when you, we, we, we need to start kind of looking into, okay, what are the ingredients? But a really great place to start in terms of what you should be eating is simply is this food in its whole food form? If it's in its whole food form and there was zero processing done to it, excellent. So it's either a whole fruit, it's a whole vegetable, it's eggs, it's a piece of steak, it's a piece of chicken or a whole chicken. It's it's in its most natural state. That's excellent. That is where you should be getting a vast majority of your food. Now, when it comes down to things like bread and wraps and all that kind of stuff, yes, those, some of those foods can be okay. Things like sprouted grains, especially when they're organic, like Ezekiel bread, but there's still processing that goes into all of that. So just remember that. And I think that it's really important to, that not all same foods and food groups are created equal. Like raw milk is very, very different than conventionally raised milk. And Ezekiel bread and sprouted bread is very, very different than whole wheat bread even. And whole wheat bread is different than white bread. And so there's be, we, there's some things that I kind of just want to go through really quick that if you are buying things out of a package or things that have been a little bit more processed, things that you should be looking for. So obviously an organic label on it is going to be the best. An organic label is going to ensure that there are minimal amounts of pesticide and herbicide, which the, the minimal amount that you can get, the better. Next thing, you know, a non-GMO label is, is good because genetically modified foods are kind of messing with our epigenetics and they are really not serving the body. It's, it's, it, it can cause a lot of immune issues and gut dysregulation because these genetically modified things are not often well recognized by the body. But again, though, just having those things does not mean that they're healthy. Does something have five or, or less ingredients? If it has five or less ingredients, that's better. Are those five or less ingredients all things that you can pronounce and you know what they are? Okay, that's good. Because if you're looking at the ingredient list and it's something that if you showed your grandmother or grandfather that they wouldn't be able to pronounce or that you can't even pronounce, I don't quite know that that food is serving your body very well. So um, that is a good rule of thumb is, you know, keeping the ingredient list super small the best you can and then really trying to stay away from ingredients that if it looks like a chemical, it's a chemical, (laughs) you know, if it's, if it's not a whole food type ingredient. Like if you were to make an ingredient from scratch and it would be, you know, like if you were making a soup or whatever, and it's like, and it's a list of ingredients, those are all whole food ingredients and a little bit of condiment like salt or whatever. But if it's the more we start to get into chemicals that I really truly think that that's where we're getting very unhealthy as a society because we didn't eat like this even a hundred years ago. We ate, we're eating now very, very differently than even our grandparents and especially great grandparents are like it's. And I really truly believe that that's why there's more chronic disease starting at a younger age now than there was back then. They, people back then really didn't get sick. They got sick from more just 
less chronic disease and more things that were, uh, you know, like illnesses and bacteria, viruses, that kind of stuff. But the chronic disease thing is very new. And, and I really just have to wonder if it is coming from all of these different things. I mean, when we look at when margarine was put on, that was margarine kind of came out probably about the time that like my grandparents would have been in their mid thirties. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of when it, when it, it really wasn't popular until like, I think the sixties, seventies, maybe. So our parents were being super young. So that's kind of been there throughout our whole, their whole life. And it's been around for our whole life, margarine, trans fat, polyunsaturated fat, vegetable oils that has been really popular. And again, if that's another thing that you need to look for when you are looking for packaged and processed foods is okay. Even if it says gluten-free and it's organic and it looks great, is there vegetable oil? And I was so mad the other, a few weeks ago, we went to Trader Joe's and I got the sourdough bread and I, I love sourdough. It's, that's one of the, the best ways that you can eat grains. If you are going to choose to do so, it was a sprouted sourdough. And I was like the best sprouted grain sourdough. It was organic. And I was like, this is amazing. I turn it over vegetable oil in it. There's sunflower oil. And I was like, Oh my God, I literally threw the whole thing out. I felt, I was so annoyed. Why do we have to make these foods that could be better choices? Why do we have to make them filled with crap? It was just, it was so discouraging. So anyways, I, um, I, I really think that we just need to be aware. And even if it, we, even in healthy foods, I mean, it's, it's in so many different things. So just making yourself aware as a consumer is really important. And if you haven't heard my spiel on the vegetable oil, that was a very early episode I did. I believe that was episode number three. Let me see one, two. Yeah. I think that was episode number three all on vegetable oils. It's creating insulin resistance. It's creating constant low grade inflammation, gut inflammation. It is making us metabolically unhealthy. And if you're consuming a lot of it, which majority of Americans are majority of Americans consume about 16 teaspoons of vegetable oil a day minimum. So that's a lot. And they're not, we're not consuming a lot of healthy fats, like from, um, animal products and from natural sources, we're consuming them from industrial seed oils, AKA vegetable oils. And I'm not okay with that. And so if you're going to do anything in terms of what should I eat, when you're looking at labels, definitely try to stay away from that as much as possible. Also keeping it under five ingredients. Like I said, see also where sugar lies in terms of that ingredient profile is sugar. The first ingredient is sugar. The second ingredient, because whatever is the, the, when you're looking at the ingredients, the amount of what's going to be there is going to be like the most of whatever's in there will be labeled first and then whatever's it's it's labeled most to least in terms of quantity of how much those ingredients are in there so whatever's last in the ingredients is going to be occurring least in whatever packaged processed food whatever you're buying um okay so those are kind of really baseline simple tips the more that you can shop on the perimeter of the grocery store the more that you can shop at farmers markets the more that you can shop locally and getting things from farmers that you have a relationship with is going to be better and making things from home. So if you are someone who likes to buy protein bars, or you like to buy whatever snacks you like to buy, 
make those things from home because then you are totally in control of what ingredients go into it. And it's actually a lot cheaper if you do that. I make my own like paleo muffins and I just use the vegan protein powder from first form. I use either birch benders mix or some almond coconut flour, some eggs. Sometimes I'll put some zucchini in. I've been putting zucchini and apple in. It's so easy and I'm in control of all the ingredients because if I were to buy a healthy protein muffin, you know, there's probably a lot more sugar than I'd want to put in it or who knows what ingredients they'd be putting it in where I'm totally in control of that and it doesn't take me a lot of time. It's cheaper and I, it's easy. I know exactly what's going into it. Um, so then we can kind of go into, okay, how you're, you're doing that. You're eating the whole foods, you're, you're sticking to healthy healthy meats and healthy protein sources, healthy fat sources, local produce. You're doing all that stuff. That's great. That's amazing. You're limiting, you know, things that come from a package and you're limiting vegetable oil. Those are all excellent things. Now we can see, okay, well, how does food do personally for you? Because everybody is very bio-individual. Everybody's diet is just a little bit different and we all handle food in a different way. And I think that that's important for us all to remember because I could sit up and be like, oh my God, strawberries and are the best thing. Like everybody needs to eat them. Some people don't do great with them. Like some people don't do great with every food. And that's kind of what I want to get into now is saying how, how you can find a diet that is working for you and how you can know if the foods that you, the healthy foods that you are eating are serving you. So the key to this is obviously getting the inflammatory triggering foods out because those will totally make it hard to realize what foods are serving you, but things that you can do. So if you feel any type of symptom after a meal, if you feel immediately hungry, if you feel like your blood sugar drops and you feel starving an hour to two after a meal, if you feel hungry or tired if you feel irritable, if you, if your nose starts to run, if you, uh, what are some other ones? If your heart rate goes up. So if you wear a heart rate monitor, like a Apple watch or Fitbit, and you notice that your resting heart rate is significantly higher. So even if it's, you know, 20, 10 to 15, 10, 15, 20 beats higher than it normally is at resting after you eat, that's kind of something to know that they're the food that you might've eaten is causing a little bit of low grade inflammation. And therefore it might not be serving you because we don't want constant low grade inflammation from food that we are thinking is going to serve us. Uh, So I think that those are some really good things is look at the symptomology that goes along with the food that you're eating, because that's really, really important in terms of finding something that works for you because what works for me works for me. And it, It works for me because I don't experience those symptoms and neither should you. We shouldn't feel tired after we eat. We shouldn't feel, we, we literally should never, symptoms are a sign of that something is going on. And sometimes people don't even realize these signs until they're aware of it until I make, you know, if we're on a consult and I, I ask, okay, well, do you feel tired after you eat? Or, you know, do you feel hungry like an hour or two after you? And they're like, yeah, I feel starving and I'm craving something. I'm like, okay, well, your, your blood sugar is dropping. So whatever you ate there, it's causing an insulin spike, you know, a huge spike and then the drop. And so there are all these different symptoms can kind of mean different things, but that's how you find. And that's how you build the absolute best diet. That's going to work for you is really by taking note of how you feel after certain things, you know, do you, do you have to run to the bathroom or do, do you feel bloated? I mean, if you feel bloated after eating something 
there's something going on. It might not particularly be the food that you're eating, but it could very well be the, it could be gut dysfunction. It could be SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It could be, it could be the food that you're eating. So, I mean, there's so many different things that we have to kind of own, be our own little detectives here and kind of troubleshoot and figure out, okay, it was totally this. I totally understand why this happened. And I do kind of want to go into bloating. I'll probably go into bloating in a future episode, but yeah, it's super, super important to just kind of troubleshoot. Why is this happening? How can I fix it? And then you can kind of go from there. But that's kind of what I wanted to share today is just kind of how, how I would address that question. And it's not just, Oh, just, just eat, just eat a carnivore diet, just eat a paleo diet, just eat whatever diet. It's not, yes, those, those diets can be great. And I, I do like that style of eating per for me personally, but I don't eat like that all the time. I don't like putting a title on my diet. I just really think that we need to eat whole foods. I don't eat things out of a package. I make whatever I possibly can at home. I don't cook with industrial seed oils. I prioritize high quality protein from local farms. I, I just, I try to eat food as minimally processed as absolutely possible. And from there, I can know what foods are serving me and what foods aren't. I can, I know what foods might cause a little bit more inflammation, what foods don't based on, you know, how I feel based on all of those different types of symptoms, tiredness, irritability, sleepy, you know, uh, craving, et cetera, runny nose, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I do, like I answered in the last episode do I like food sensitivity tests? I don't know. I mean, maybe sometimes I just find that they're not really super helpful. They just give a bunch of random information. And so finding out what works best for you by testing those things out and seeing how you feel and really like tapping into how, how intuitive you are. Like I said, I, in previous episodes, we're really lacking intuitiveness in terms of eating because we, we just are. It's really sad. So when we can get back to a place of knowing what feels good by fueling our body is, that's how we can really truly find what type of diet works best. But I think I'm going to dive into bloating in probably a future episode because that's, I think, a really common topic that the people don't understand why it happens and it's totally annoying and we should not have to deal with it. So I think I'm going to dive into that in a future episode. But I hope this was helpful for you guys in terms of finding how you can find foods that truly fuel you and how you can find foods that work best for you. You know, I think that we need, we need less, we need to stop. We need to count less calories and count more chemicals. It's, it's the truth. We're not meant to be eating chemical laden food and it's, it's everywhere. If you're eating something out of a package, there's probably some artificial ingredients in there that, you know, in moderation aren't horrible, but if you can, avoid it and use something different and only eat that when you absolutely have to, your body is definitely going to thank you for it. I think that we really need to, to limit all of these. We need to get away from this crappy and fast and convenient food lifestyle and just get back to eating what we are meant to be eating. And I think that that's a huge missing place for our health and how we can, we need to stop overcomplicating it, eat real foods, foods that are naturally in their naturally occurring state, not, not changed and adulterated in any way. And just get back to eating and living simply. 
I really, I really think that I know that that might sound like a, like a short, easy answer, but it really is the truth. I mean, we really need to get back to that way of living and it's something that we've really, really done. I mean, we don't have really any packaged foods in our house. And I think that that's just why we feel so great. We always feel energized. We don't need coffee in the morning. Our body composition is amazing. We, you know, and without counting calories, we're just simply fueling, fueling for performance, fueling for health, fueling for longevity. And, and that's, what's really missing in our society is, is that. So if we can get back to that through just whole nutrient dense foods, uh, I think that we could do ourselves a whole lot of good. So that is my challenge for you guys this week. If you are eating things out of boxes or packages, just check out the ingredients. Are they five or less? Can you pronounce them all? You know, count more chemicals and count less calories. That's my saying. And that's something that we really need to focus on. Count more chemicals in your life in general and your personal care products and your food. It's really, it's sad to me how prevalent they are and how there's such lack of regulation, both in the food uh, industry as well as personal care and and, uh, environmental products. So I hope you guys found this helpful. If you found it helpful, if you would leave a review or just anything to help get this podcast out there, it means so much. But thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Woo!